faster, healthier, better. Hey, man, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to drink Howler Head of Whiskey. So you're an ambassador of them. Yes. And, um, you know, funny thing is that how it started is a friend of mine in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. a really good friend of mine, actually a fellow jiu-jitsu guy. Um, So he basically sent me out this link and information said, you know, you should really jump on this. And, uh, you know, they're looking for ambassadors. And so he's an ambassador himself. There's there's quite a bit of them, right? I'm not just the only one. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, quite a bit of them out there, but um, it was it was nice to be part of that. Yeah. And they gave me a box. They gave me a box with this shirt, mm-hmm. a toque, a toque, and a nice yeah. bottle of Hellerhead. And it, it. when you got that box, was that the first time you tried it? Uh, I was. I wanted to so bad. Yeah. But I was like, you know, Chris is like, oh, I don't know. You want to try it right now? Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> that's too funny no but uh yeah it, it, uh you know i had to like have some it was good it's I, i'm not gonna lie to you it's probably one of the better whiskeys i've ever tasted do you like whiskey in general though uh, yeah, i like a lot of things uh, whiskey's good um i find that you know as you get older you never want the beers anymore but i like I, that's yeah. crazy because i actually i'm with you on that one like yeah. i you know i like uh dosakis or something like that when i was yep. younger or Obviously, a Canadian or whatever, or yeah. a Corona. Corona always. <laughs> um, but the older I get, I'm like, I would like like a nice glass of tequila or a nice. Do you like tequila? Tequila is great. A uh, nice uh, glass of tequila or bourbon or whiskey. I'm more of like just the the chill drinks. Chill, now. right? Cigar, right? The, yeah. Well, I'm not on the cigar level no. yet. I'm not that old. Where I'm like, okay, yeah. let's let's get a cigar going. I've, you know, I have a lot of people that do cigars, and sp- like specific for that drink. No, 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 you know, no, no. I can't and, go that uh, far. I, it's I'm crazy. Not that t- it is kind of crazy. Um, okay, cool. So yeah. you're ambassador of them. So it's funny. So uh, I trained your your girlfriend here at the at Studio 95, and uh, she she's like, oh, like, because uh, she knew I, I was doing a podcast. I think yeah, previously. She's crazy. Yeah. She is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you said that without blinking too. No, you know what? I it's honestly, she's crazy, but I like that. Yeah. You need to have a little bit of calm and fire within you, right? You got to have. That's that. true. If you don't have that, then. Your partner's going to fall asleep. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> very true. That's very <laughs> right, true. So, um, so I was uh, I like to read. So I was reading the mindset of a of a fighter, and yeah. uh, we were talking before that you know that book. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was a, a chapter I read about uh, Muay Thai, mm-hmm. and uh, it just got me like I, I took a picture of it because I think it said 10, 10 weapons and stuff like that, and I was just super interested. And then she replied to me, and she's like, "Oh, do you do martial arts?" And I was like, "Do I?" Yeah, and I did I, Muay Thai. Yeah. Oh, did, cool. Yeah, so. Um, sorry, when, That's I, okay. when I did Muay Thai was uh, probably, okay, so let me rewind before I even get there, if that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my journey in Jiu-Jitsu started off as Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, traditional Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. And traditional Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is an art, mm-hmm. right? It's it's really an art. Like, it's beautiful. It's very dangerous. Um, but it's all pre-rehearsed. Like, it's like, you know, you're going to, okay, throw me a right hook or punch me this, you know, punch me that way or hit me, you know, it's it's all rehearsed attacks. It has nothing to do with realism. Mm-hmm. Isn't Jiu-Jitsu Brazilian? No, no there's two. There's two. So art, which is a samurai, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is where mm-hmm. originally, we're the parent art, right? You got Hapkido, you got Aikido, you got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. A lot of those Jiu-Jitsu arts stem from the samurai. Mm-hmm. And what happened, and I'm going to give you a little history, quick lesson on that is... Um, 
very long ago in field of Japan when everything, you know, was the way it was. You had the military who were the samurai mm -hmm. and then you had the samurai kind of for hire. And as the military changed, the structure changed where now you get guns and, you know, there's no need for the swords anymore. Mm -hmm. They kind of were just kind of pushed away and then you got a hierarchy of, of military power. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a bit of struggle there. Weren't um, uh, the samurais for hire? Aren't they? Weren't they called, or are they called ronins? Or is that is that when the samurais are cast out? So yeah, so the ronin is really okay. So how can I put it? So my instructor, mm -hmm. if me and my instructor parted ways, and I no longer was training under him, and I just kind of just did my own thing, and never like we just cut ties, then I'd be considered a ronin, mm -hmm. and pretty much at my level that would be more existent, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a six degree now, mm -hmm. uh, black belt, uh, you would find that if there was any kind of separation, you would see somebody like yourself become a Ronin, mm -hmm. right? It's generally a person that is no longer, um, you know, part of their instructor's life, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, going back to that, the samurai were kind of casted out and they were they weren't even allowed to participate in training mm -hmm. right and their training was really relative to what you see in military it was very hardcore mm -hmm. you know you're going to get hit you have the armor on and the the sword aspect of things was one aspect of samurai then there was the actual combat skill which is jujitsu mm -hmm. it's a hand-to-hand -hand combat the art of um you know the changing Mm -hmm. You know, the blending, mm -hmm. the uh, flexibility, and I'm not talking about stretching. I'm talking about being able to get from one thing to another. So someone puts their hands on you, you try to defend it, they start choking, you have to reverse that. You know, there's, there's many mm -hmm. different avenues that you can take, right? And so what happened is the samurai end up going back into a, a um, this like a, a sense of, you know, being pushed where they can't do this anymore. And so they had to go underground and start training. And whenever they're like, if they got caught training like 100% what they used to, mm -hmm. they would be like slaughtered, mm -hmm. right? So they couldn't do it. So they had to like present it as art, like mm -hmm. dance, you mm -hmm. know, like capoeira mm -hmm. or jujitsu, right? So mm -hmm. they had to present it in a way that it was artistic. Mm -hmm. And that's where Japanese jujitsu, the traditional form came. So when you take what they did, and for many years, it was kind of hidden behind everything else. Now you have jujitsu in 2008, mm -hmm. and I questioned my instructor, I said, you know, how is it that we, I, I didn't feel comfortable. I go, how can we, you know, consider ourselves self-defense? And I said, when you look at this, and I showed on an MMA video, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it was UFC or maybe like a cage fight of some sort, <clears throat> And you see guys going at it. I said, I don't, I can't see how anything that we know defensively from a striking perspective, how we could defend ourselves. Yeah, we are self-defense. Yeah. We're military, right? It's supposed so, to be military, yeah. So we we decided that it's it's about time that we can create it, uh, not reinvent, but redesign mm -hmm. how we deal things. And we created what we call today is modern Japanese jiu-jitsu, which on my, you know, you've seen my uh, 
all my media has been official modern day samurai because yeah. that's what we technically are. And when I say official modern day samurai, because official for me, but modern day samurai is everyone who trains, military, police, anybody who trains stand up um, and and ground, but it has to be fighting. It's not like you're a sport where you're rapping and grappling and all that stuff. I would never go to the ground in a street fight. Mm -hmm. No way. Yeah, no, I know. I totally agree. I, sorry, before I uh, it loses my mind, she messaged me to get you onto the, yeah, you're saying on the that, yeah. podcast. And so that's why, how, why I reached out to you. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I finish <laughs> my story there. I start going on. Right? It's okay. It's okay. Um, so that's interesting. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and even the philosophy of what Samurai's had, like, uh, rather be a warrior in the garden than yeah. a gardener in war. And, it, war. and yeah. even the samurais um, back then, there were much like a lot of like a lot of philosophy. You yeah. know, what I mean, they weren't just uh, fighters. They yeah. they enjoyed like the beauty of gardening. They enjoyed the beauty of life, the beauty of the forest, beauty yeah. beauty in everything. Even right? in war. Yeah. yeah. And I know even like. When you die, you die like if you die in battle, clean death, like your underwear has to be clean. Like everything, ha they're not just fighters. They're, everything was nice, <clears throat> yeah. organized, clean. Like they really thought that process through, yeah. which yeah. is uh, admirable. Like to them, being a samurai was like peak, right? Yeah. And uh, the, it was a way of life for yeah. them, right? Um, but to go back to uh, jiu-jitsu, um, so have you ever trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I have. And I have. What What do you like and what do you not like about each? So, um, so I did the Muay Thai, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for me, I wanted to learn to understand the ground, philosophy of the ground. Mm -hmm. um, it is a sport, mm -hmm. right? I, I wouldn't say that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is self-defense, per se. Mm -hmm. um, you can do a lot of damage on the ground. Uh, you could defend yourself on the ground if the fight went to the ground. Mm -hmm. But would you want to be on there is the other thing, right? Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in there. I've, I've seen too many. Especially in a bar fight or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, their self-defense is a little dated. You think so, eh? Well, yeah, because uh, it goes back to the traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. right? It goes back beyond... Like when Maeda, Maeda came from Dr. Kano, who was a judo, you know, samurai sure. became a judo guy because he decided, you know, you can't teach samurai, you know, mm -hmm. combat. Mm -hmm. So he created judo, mm -hmm. which became a sport, a sport that flourished even today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his, his predecessor, uh, Maeda, mm -hmm. um, he traveled, he went to Brazil and, you know, he did a lot of... Uh, working with the Gracies and mm -hmm. um, can't remember the other group. <laughs> That's okay. Anyways, they fought these two these two families mm -hmm. for the name of who's going to take Gracie, you know, jiu-jitsu, whatever. And they finally came up with Brazilian jiu-jitsu as their national. So why do you think that uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu was just like so, like has really like run on the road, like like so much more known and so much more uh, attention than traditional Japanese? Oh, because uh, I mean. You think because of UFC? It's a, it's a sport. Yeah. It's a flourishing sport. And UFC did start with the Gracies. Yeah, you that's know, true. It actually had a lot of hands in from the Gracies. Mm -hmm. Right. I've heard this, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's, um, well, you got to picture this, right? You get, you know, you have a bunch of grapplers and you bring in a guy that's unknown, Bruce Lee. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll start with the stand-up. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he annihilates people at the stand-up. 
And these guys have no chance, right? So these guys have known that strikers have been the dominant force in martial arts. Mm -hmm. So if there's not, you know, particular, like shoot wrestling, all those Greco-Roman wrestling, they have all that stuff, but that's always been, a, you know, a constant in sports. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to take what they knew and then apply it to street fighting mm -hmm. and apply it to, you know, the cage mm -hmm. as a sport. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this is how it all happened mm -hmm. and people didn't understand it. So yeah, you're going to get caught, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's funny because people always, uh, they ask me like, like what's better to know in a street fight like like boxing muay thai or jiu-jitsu and it's everything and it uh, it's funny because it's a cop-out but yeah. i'm like everything, everything. right and also 100%. like at the end of the day like uh if i take like if we're in a bar fight and somebody i take somebody down what's what's stopping the other guys for coming here and stomping on my face yeah. you know what i mean um but on the flip side if uh i go on the ground right if it's one-on-one -on -one, yeah i feel if i have jiu-jitsu in my background i feel a little bit more confident yeah very rarely in a in a bar or whatever it's one on one, um, but also with uh, like if you're too close to just being on the ground, you're not used to stand up, right? Yeah. It can be dangerous, right? right? Yeah. So that's why it's a cop out. But you need to know a little bit of everything, yeah, right? And that's what I did, yeah, which is what you did, which is I think everybody should do. So we were talking about before, but we wanted to talk a little bit about like self defense, <clears throat> yeah, and like uh, we want to talk a little about what, like the violence that's happening and like people are walking so aimlessly, as you said, without yeah. like. Yeah. Um, so let's go in that a little bit more. Okay. So what's your opinion on that? Okay. So, um, you know, people have been assaulted. Mm -hmm. People have been victimized, you know, on the street and uh, social places mm -hmm. um, in private, you know. And, you know, my question is you're in a bar, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you decide to go, you know, to the washroom. You're not aware. Mm-hmm. Right. You also had a very vulnerable state. Yeah. You know what I mean? The first thing, first things first, when you go into an establishment, you want to know your surroundings, where you yeah, could run out, exits, yeah. all your exits. Um, you want to, you want to scan. You know, people don't think like that. They don't mm -hmm. think in their mind that I'm going to walk into a swish chalet and someone's going to try to stab me. Mm -hmm. But it happens. But it happens. it happens. And you never think it's going to be you, right? Obviously, and uh, but it happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, it happens all the time, and people, um, you know, I, I, you know, like again, I don't watch TV, but mm -hmm. I did see clips of like I love watching YouTube because mm -hmm. it does show you. I, I, I watch YouTube for the purpose. And Chris Blanc say I say I, I watch it for like comic book stuff, but um, oh, you're into comic oh, books. I love comics. Oh, we're gonna have to talk about comics. this. I love comics oh, too. Oh man, this this is this is a great time to be a DC fan. And, a DC uh, fan? Yeah, that's that's a hard time. You know, I don't know. It is right now because of the change. Now, okay, let's let's go back to the yeah. the uh, let's go back to the martial arts. But um, yeah. I want to I want to talk about the DC stuff too. But, yeah. Um, so uh, so let's say I'm in the washroom. Right? Yeah. So uh, you and you know these are the things that I've un, you know that I've been through where mm -hmm. I go in the washroom. Mm -hmm. You know, recently Chris and I we went to this. Place now. I don't want to even talk about it, but it's a uh, shout out to Chris Calder, by the way. What is? Sh shout out to Chris Calder. Chris. Oh, Chris. Yeah, Chris yeah, you know I know. Him, no? I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is he watching right now? I don't know. It's not Chris? live. Okay. <laughs> he okay. will probably watch it. All right, Chris. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're you were with uh, your girlfriend, Chris. Yeah. So uh, yeah, not that Chris. Oh, a different Chris. Saying. Yeah. There's a, two Chris's. Yeah, Christina. Oh, I was with go. Christina, and uh, <laughs> and we went to this uh, bar with a bunch of other people. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because 
it's a very crowded, you know, very vibrant, very interesting place. Mm-hmm. And it, you had to go downstairs to the washroom. And uh, it was kind of crowded there in the hall area. It was kind of, the hall's kind of tight. So I figure, okay. First thing I think about is I scan the people that are there. Right? Mm-hmm. I look where their hands are, hands in the pocket. Is there anything shiny on their belts, you know, in their pockets? There's something showing that could uh, I may miss in case I go to the wash. I'm standing in a stall. You don't see anything. There's no mirrors in front of you. The mirrors are behind you. You can't see what's going on, mm-hmm. which I think they should change that. So, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where are they going to put the mirrors? What do you mean? Like, in, like they should put a mirror like right in up front top. of, so you can see. No, not down there, because that would oh, be weird, saying. right? Can you imagine that? Are you looking? Yeah, down. You're like, hey! Just looking over at that actually happened to me. Uh, no way! Yeah, I was that we were taking a flight out to Bahamas, and you know, I'm just standing there and look over, and the guy's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm loving these mirrors. I was I asked, him, I said, "You want to take a picture?" <laughs> It'll last longer. Um, so, anyways, I go to this washroom and. Uh, you know, I felt, okay, it's not a big deal. But then I stopped feeling it a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to the regular, you know, urinals, I, I went right to the stall, mm-hmm. locked the door, and went to the washroom. End of story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get out, and then I get the whole, like, wow, this guy's hot. <laughs> Christina, oh, wow. Christina, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to wash my hands upstairs. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, like, I have nothing against anybody. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everyone's their thing, right? That's not me. Mm-hmm. And I figured, okay, you know what? I don't want to stand there, entertain anything, and then having to possibly now get into a situation. And that's the way people don't perceive things or they don't, you know, they're not educated in a sense of their own awareness. They mm-hmm. don't, they're not educated in a sense of, you know, the ability to think about what their gut's telling them. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people get victimized, mm-hmm. you know. People say, oh, can you teach me self-defense? I want to learn how to hit. I go, why would you want to learn how to hit? Well, you know, if I ever get in a situation. But why did you get in the situation to begin with? What are you doing there? Mm-hmm. What told you not to be there that you never listened to, mm-hmm. and but you're, now you're there? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I could teach you how to defend yourself. But the first line of self-defense is your awareness. Mm-hmm. What did about, your gut tell you when you, like, going your gut, to the, like, 100%. Yeah, like what, like, what did your gut, like, kind of... Like said, it's like something's off, and then yeah. obviously it was validated when you got out of the stall. And like, that's exactly that's that's my gut. It's it just me. his gut. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you know, do it before going <clears throat> to the stall too. That's why you went to the stall. I guess. Yeah. He, I guess he, what, what Ryan is asking is yeah. like when you walked in, you obviously had a, like a feeling yeah. like yeah. that something's a little off. But I'm just gonna go on my process. You know, look a little bit more. But yeah. like, what was it that threw you off? Yeah. Was that, it? Was there anything you, specifically? You, my gut. Um, you know, people call it a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Uh, essentially, it's your soul, mm-hmm. your spirit, your mm-hmm. inner being, mm-hmm. right? Oh, the one that's always talking to you and people think that you're crazy, but you're really not. You're just talking. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when they talk about, you know, things like, um, you know, when you speak it, it comes, you know, true. Or yeah. it's never, you never talk negatively about yourself because yeah. something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. Like, if, if you're talking on a psychological perspective, spiritual perspective, um, I'm not a big spiritual guy. I mean, I feel always that vibration of energy and all that stuff. You know, I'm not like, you know, a monk of some sort, but I, I believe that we're all interconnected, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's a good example. We're all interconnected. So there's always going to be that negativity. You're going to feel that vibration. When you're walking in there, and I watch them like I'm walking in and, you know, I feel okay passing these guys. So I keep walking, 
but then I feel uneasy. I, I literally walked up the stall or to the, the urinal. I'm like thinking, Mm-mm. no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't keep my back to somebody. I know there's a lot of people out there, so it's probably my best interest to go and stall, lock it. You know, if somebody wants me that bad, they're going to have to kick that door down. And, which gives you a little bit more time to... A little bit more time okay. to finish up. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know true. what I mean? Finish yeah. up. Okay, hold on. I'll be right out there. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, to the thought process, you, you don't have a lot of time mm-hmm. to, to react. You know, they always say action is fast and reaction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you can lessen the amount of time that you have to act, you know, into reaction time, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, like people don't, they're not aware. They, mm-hmm. They're aimless. They're on their phones or looking down. You know, I've, I've caught myself a couple of times, but that's just me thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. How, many t- how many minutes was I was I looking at minutes? Was it seconds? I'm, I'm trying to analyze this now. Mm-hmm. And then I try to make it better. So, you know, um, Chris is a, she, Chris texts us so fast. Yeah. You know, she, I get here too. I don't know though. Girls are pretty good. Like, they're pretty solid with, you know, like, oh yeah. I gotta like, I gotta like pace words you know, and then just make them like, I'll like, you know, I gotta make sure that these words are already in my phone. Oh, wow. Yes, no, okay. Oh, you wow. know, little sentences. <laughs> then I get, wow, you're pretty fast. Ah, you know, I've been learning. Yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> but uh, um, no, it's like, so like a lot of these things that people don't know. Now, yes, I've taken Muay Thai. It's an amazing, very highly destructive um sport slash originally was fighting mm-hmm. like it was a fight it was actually um it was a i forgot the name of the traditional style but it was used for the military back then a lot of these arts were military we're, we're, exactly and then some of them became sports and some of them became arts mm-hmm. you know and um you know a lot of these people that again that are you know in situations like they're the girl that was in the situation at the gym she was by herself i don't care who the person is why would you, as an individual, whether you're male or female, what are you doing? Open the door to somebody, yeah, by yourself. Like, hey, you know what? I can, I can handle myself. Mm-hmm. But why am I going to put myself in that situation? Yeah, no, why, that makes you sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I can, you know, I, there's many, many times. Like, I, I remember driving to a bank. Uh, this is a good sense of awareness. Mm-hmm. I drove to a bank to deposit money. And it was dark. It was near my near my area in Thornhill. Very dark plaza, right? I'm thinking, oh, it's a little unusual. Never, not that dark usually, right? And I drive up. I feel a little uneasy driving up there. And then, you know, I was talking to Chris, and I said, uh, Christina. I think we know the Chris is there. Yeah. So Christina is <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> and I said, hi, then. And, uh, you know, I said, I feel a little uncomfortable right now. She goes, what? What are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to go deposit money, but I just don't feel like I want to do it here. For some reason, mm-hmm. something's bothering me. And I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm just feeling something and it's nothing. A little tired. Just got to get this over and done with. But then I stopped. I looked over my shoulder and out from a pillar comes this guy with a coat, hoodie, backpack. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, sure, I can handle this. But do I really want to get into a fight with an altercation of a possibility where the guy has a weapon mm-hmm. that I don't see? Mm-hmm. It's dark, can't see a weapon. And, you know, take, it doesn't take much to die from a knife fight. doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. Let me rephrase this. There is no martial art in this world at all. 
that will defend you from somebody that's already ready to kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do, what you know. If somebody wants to kill you, you're not going to pull a knife like this and say, give me your money. They're going to be already stabbing you hundreds of times before you even know it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Someone wants to shoot you. They're not going to go, okay, give me your wallet. They're just going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. Bang. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, and I, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful to all those martial arts, but guess what? It's this reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen numerous videos, police getting stabbed because they're trying firearms too late or they're, you know, 30 feet away. Well, a guy who was, you know, 30 feet away will stab somebody by running at them. Mm-hmm. Before you can dislodge that gun, you got to pull it back, unbuckle it. You got to press the safety off and, f- and aim it mm-hmm. at the body. By that time, you've already been stabbed five, six times. Mm-hmm. And then it's just going to be after, after, and just continue. So you don't have that time to react. So that's where it goes back to, why are you in this situation? Mm-hmm. What told you to be there or what told you not to be there? You know, I often say to you know, a lot of women's self-defense, I said, you know, listening to your gut is very important, whether mm-hmm. it's your spirit or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. your inner vibration, if you're if it's really giving you an eerie feeling, then perhaps you should go the direction that doesn't make you feel eerie. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I can take, you know, a minute to get the car right now. But there's something going on there. It's dark, you know, but there's light going on the other side. There's a 50-50 chance, and people don't understand that. There's a 50-50% chance that you're gonna meet somebody that's not gonna be a nice Person. conversation mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a very dangerous possibly deadly situation take the two minutes to walk around the other way where this lake there's people and <clears throat> going back to transit um you know people like this they're on their phone people are not looking around mm-hmm. like they're not observant they're just they're, they're not minding their surroundings yeah, they're just they're so off to like somewhere else and busy in their phones, busy uh, listening to music. Mm-hmm. They have both their headphones on. They don't have one out to listen for distractions that possibly coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, these are the things that cause these situations to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, I could teach you how to fight. I could teach you how to defend yourself against a knife that's at your throat, mm-hmm. a gun that's at your chest or your head. Mm-hmm. Behind you here, or a knife coming around like this. I could defend. I could teach you these things. But why are you there? Mm-hmm. What made you think that it was okay to put yourself in this situation? What made you actually not think mm-hmm. about what you're doing? Mm-hmm. What made you allow yourself to go past that that boundary of your body telling you don't do it? Mm-hmm. Then it happens. Well, I so I do agree with you with that. But do you get a lot of backlash with that conversation? Like with telling that to to people like girls specifically no a lot no of they them, all agree with you yeah no. a lot of them uh, a lot of them tell me you know <clears throat> you know i give them the idea like you know um did you know you're there did you know what was happening yeah i had my gut feeling that something wasn't right i mean mind you these these are not people that ever got into like a sexual assault mm-hmm. situation or anything um but they you know, they, they got themselves out of there when they felt there was a little more eeriness about why they were there. But well, one second later, it would have been too... Yeah, it might be too late, Exactly. Right? And you never want to get yourself in that position. But when you start talking to these women about, even men, you tell them like these little scenarios and they think, yeah, you know, 
what am I doing there? Mm-hmm. I was working for uh, Ferrari, mm-hmm. and one of the managers came up to me and said, "Yeah, my two boys are, you know, they're they're getting into situations at school, and uh, I want to I want to teach I want them can you teach them self defense." I said, "Yeah, I could teach them self defense, no problem." Mm-hmm. But why are they getting in? What, what's going on? Mm-hmm. He's like, "I don't know. I guess I should, <laughs> should ask them." Yeah, right. Like school's big. Like how many halls can they not go? <laughs> yeah, that's, right? tr- that's that's true. I guess you know it. And it goes back to, <clears throat> and I hate to say this, the, the alpha male, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go down this. Like people are trying to be the alpha, mm-hmm. but really they don't have it in them. They mm-hmm. just, you know, confidence is one thing. You can look confident and that can get you somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you can present confidence, but yet people can smell the fear by just the way your body language is, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, well, that guy's not really confident. Mm-hmm. It's a facade. Yeah. So the, the tendency of you being a victim is very highly. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, right? So, but you look at models that walk on the runway. These guys, you know, these guys and girls, they're, they're feared. They, they have so much fear in them. But you look at them like, man, that person looks confident. They can do it. It's because they practice that every single day. Mm-hmm. I can't be a six degree by just sitting on my ass doing nothing. Yeah, it's work. Right? Yeah. And I've heard, I've heard stories. I've seen it for, I've seen someone a black belt one day, first degree black belt. And then two years later, it's like the guy's a seven degree black belt. And I'm thinking, there's no way in hell this happened. Because we don't believe in that. We believe, you know, I got my sixth degree because I spent six years as a fifth degree teaching. Mm-hmm. I was on the, on the mats, working, teaching religiously you know and i'm going to spend my next seven years as a six degree mm-hmm. training teaching and then my you know eight years after and nine 83 i'll probably be by the time of the 10th degree right so but it, the difference is you see that long run you're like you, you you understand that um you'll get there but it's more about that journey right and you're, about, you're, yeah. you're, you're like it's lame but it is about the journey it is right it is. And it's all about that person who's willing to walk those days and just enjoy each moment, enjoy exactly. each process, enjoy each yeah. lesson, right? But I, everybody says it, but I don't think that they understand how hard that is, no. right? Nobody like, wants it. Nobody wants it because yeah. everything in life is instant gratification. You want to watch something, there's Netflix. You want to order something, there's Uber. Yeah. Um, what, else, what else is there? I think everything is just instant gratification right now, yeah. right? Even when you post something, you get likes like right away. Like yeah. It's that dopamine rush. I don't rush. know about me. I don't really... When I post, I was telling Chris this, when I post her, yeah, okay, Christina, when I post Christina. <laughs> this is going to be a running joke yeah. throughout the whole podcast. I don't think I ever post anything with Chris. The guy Chris. The guy Chris. Right. No, but Freaking Christina, I, I post myself doing technique. And, you know, the odd time I get like, wow, this is this is cool. And I, the, my main focus is what I was trying to do on Instagram and on my YouTube, and you guys can go on my YouTube, Official Modern Day Samurai, please subscribe. Let's go, you know how to do it. <laughs> All right, hashtag Hollerhead. <laughs> and, um, you know, I my focus was to take the hardest things yeah. and make it so anybody who has no martial art experience whatsoever can look at that, man, that looks hard, and then go through the step-by-step that I put on there, even though it's like one minute long. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, literally spend the the full portion of the 45 to 50 minutes or 50 seconds, sorry, of demonstrating it step by step by step by step and then showing it fast. Mm-hmm. 
And how many people, countless people have told me, man, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm able to do something I never knew I could do. Mm -hmm. It looked crazy when I first saw it fast, but now that you showed me it, because it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy to me mm -hmm. because I've been doing it for 33 years. Well, you years. put in those reps, right? Well, yeah. it's, it's muscle memory to you now. Yeah, and I've taught kids. If, yeah. The kids is probably what made me a better instructor. Why? Because, man, you know what? It's hard. <laughs> the patience and I, the what patience, do you mean by that? And I, you know, I, I've been lucky enough that, you know, Christina and I, our high school teacher is my instructor mm -hmm. and I've been with him ever since, since high school. And, you know, I started with him back in like early nineties. And uh, to this day, we're still good friends. And you know what? We, I end up having to teach the younger kids that came in who know nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember we, we originally, I originally came back, came from the police college with him because his brother was, a, his twin brother was a cop. So we had access to the police college mm -hmm. and teaching like to civilians and police officers and military. And what happened is my first day with these kids, kids like, I go, <clears throat> oh, come on, you got to go, uh, like, oh, give me 50 right now. Or I'm thinking like military, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids looking up at me like ready to cry. I pick up the kid. I go, who's is this? Who's, <laughs> <laughs> who's this? Who's, who, who's this belong to? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know, and then I, you know, we, we spoke about it, and, and I'm thinking, man, I have a lot to learn. So then I, right away, I said to my instructor, I said, I want to be your apprentice. I want to learn, do what you do, teach like you teach, and then make it my own. Mm -hmm. And then that happened. And then I, and then I started doing a lot of kids, you know, classes. And I'm teaching kids. I'm learning how the difficulties are. Like not everybody's like this. Everybody's kind of like this. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the guys in the middle that. You know, we'll, we'll pick up on everything. You got the advanced kids. And you kids just, they can't grasp it. Mm -hmm. Those are the great ones. Mm -hmm. the kids that can't grasp the knowledge mm -hmm. is what makes you a better instructor. Mm -hmm. It's not the ones that can just do it. Because anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. But the kids that are having a struggle learning it. You're like, man, how do I do this mm -hmm. patiently without choking them? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, though. You know, but, but then you start, and then you start learning about, and I, and I had a little bit of, um, I did college for like, I didn't finish it, but I did college for child and youth. Mm -hmm. So I started learning about, you know, learning disabilities, um, OCDs and all that stuff. Oh my God, Ryan's loving that. I, you haven't sipped stuff. any, I feel you bad. Have, have a couple of glasses, have a couple of glasses. There you go, Ryan. That's so good. Howler Head, by the way. <laughs> Hashtag Howler Head Whiskey. There you go, guys. Thank you, Dana. You White. want any? <laughs> um, yeah, so these these, these children yeah. that I'm working with, um, you know, I think they're they're ready to go. The parents are kind of nervous. Why do and, you think they're uh, nervous? I think they're nervous because, you know, from what I gather in the past is that they were, um, you know, had trouble in school, mm. you know, learning. And, I, you know, I'm proud to know that I was a big part in the change that they they. Yeah, you know, they overcome like mm -hmm. certain things. Uh, I showed them a gateway into becoming better at learning. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a school teacher like Christina. Mm -hmm. Like, what she could do is magical, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you know, she should be highly recognized for that. I'm gonna say not because I I'm her man. It's because she is amazing at what she does. But you teacher. teaching to kids also, you appreciate that. You understand the yeah. trouble and the, the difficulties and the patience that she needs to have. 
Absolutely. Right. I, so you, you know understand what, a yeah. lot of uh, teachers get a bad rep now. Uh, well, they do. Nowadays, right? Everybody tells me, oh, they make this. Oh, they do yeah, this. No idea. And maybe I'm a little biased because I know a teacher. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, you don't really understand how, like, what they do, right? Are teachers teach? Well, you know, teachers are the. <laughs> I don't know why. I tell you right now, they're the best. <laughs> That's too funny. But... I can't even say anything bad about them. <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, it's interesting. Uh, how, like, they're always the ones who, like, it, it's funny because there's no other, I mean, we're going to go on a little bit of a tangent right now, but yeah, there's no other, I don't know another job where somebody else tells them how shit they are at their job. Yeah. Like, imagine I went to your job and like, hey, by the way, you're shit at your job. I could do better. Well, you do better. And then they're like, oh, well, no, 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 no. It's your thing. It's yeah. your thing. It's like, well, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Oh, I, I get that. You know what? And I, and I completely understand that um, uh, when I'm, Polishing vehicles. I was polishing vehicles for a company, reptile company, a great company. Um, you know, my, one of my managers, and I don't care who watches. You know, he uh, he plainly said, you know, you, you got to do it like this. And I'm like, but that doesn't work mm-hmm. in this field. And I'm the only one that does it here. But if in case you want, here's the polisher, and you go right ahead. Wet yeah. sand, you can do that. Remove mm-hmm. scratches. Um, there, people want to um, break somebody down, you know, because there's something inner within themselves, mm-hmm. right? There, there, there's a jealousy, there's a hate, because, for example, a teacher, right, it's not a glorified babysitter. Mm-hmm. It's a person who actually have to, has to take many children of all types of languages and levels uh, of learning oh yeah the learning aspect is so vast and having to create that happy median that you know you can you know help particular kids that really need the help and yet still apply the knowledge for the other kids that will surpass that no problem so it's not like it's like okay this is too easy and if those kids are finding it too easy then go to another higher level right but you as a teacher have to pick kind of without showing the class you got to pick and choose which ones really need the help without you know losing attention of the other ones it's you know it's crazy right mm-hmm. so um so teachers yes 100 <laughs> percent. teachers yes. um all the teachers yeah. like the video subscribe to the video yeah, share official, the podcast modern day samurai youtube okay. <laughs> subscribe please um click the subscribe so um how that helped me, mm-hmm. uh, not just the fact of being, you know, understanding child and youth, um, was understanding the aspect of learning. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the reason how that made me a better instructor is because I was able to take even the hardest learning children and give them something to work towards. So I, we always had the stripe method, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People say, well, I don't believe in a kid black belt. Well, it's not that you're trying to, and we tell this to the kids that become black belts. Mm-hmm. You're not an adult black belt. You're just somebody that got to that level as a kid, but you're not officially a black belt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like I understand. You know what I mean? Like you're you're black belt as a kid. Yeah, but you're not a invincible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that we are. Yeah. Um, but it's just like we don't want to give them the discourage. We don't discourage them, but at the same time, we don't want to give their heads too high up and. Make them feel like, oh, you know, I could do whatever. Because they're still young. Mm-hmm. And when you give a kid a black belt, they have to be very deserving of it. And they also have to meet their criteria of 
maturity, mm-hmm. right? Which is very hard. And, but we mold them like that, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. And I think every teacher eventually does help children get to that level, right? Um, but some of these kids I had were like, you know, learning disabilities and stuff like that. You know, kids just, um, their focus is just somewhere else. And I'm thinking to myself, man, what do I do here? What am I, ah, ah. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah of course. You know, I, I have no hair to pull out, right? My eyebrow hairs. <laughs> But uh, Chris doesn't like that. Christine doesn't like that. <laughs> All right. Pluck them out. Um, so I had to realize going back into like my college years, okay, what do I do? Okay, so first of all, what is distracting them? Mm-hmm. Maybe the other kids that are learning quicker are distracting them. So right away, I came, I created this idea, and they're all white belts. So my idea was okay, I'm going to give opportunity for these kids. Every single one of them, even the ones that are doing well, to get stripes, yellow stripes, leading to yellow belt. Now, excuse me. What will happen is that some of these yellow belts will progress into the next class. So I was kind of filtering these white belts into the next class, which I was teaching. It was a little more advanced. But I realized that if I can create a better structure in my first class with kids that couldn't really do it, they felt, oh man, I want to get to where that other kid's gone. Mm-hmm. So all these advanced kids are moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, and I, I reminded them that it's not about, you know, them going there. It's about that like, you can do this. You got to do it like this. Mm-hmm. You got to do it the way I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. And I spent countless hours, days recreating, critiquing what we do to simplify it so much, the bare minimum that, Anyone could do it. And then I thought, and it's like, Eureka, what am I teaching adults? Why am I teaching adults all these crazy techniques that yeah. really don't amount to anything? Realistically, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So then we start talking. I talked to my instructor. We start doing things real basic, um, footwork, all that stuff. Um, Fundamentals. Yeah, the bare minimum. You know mm-hmm. what? Adults are becoming more successful. And so... Then I started my YouTube, I started my my Instagram, and I started to put out basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Basic, but very advanced stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was so so basic, the fundamentals to it, that anybody can do it who has no experience whatsoever. And that was my focus. You know, a little bit of my focus now is more self-defense related because I think more people need it. Um, you know, yes, women are a great you know, a greater um, risk community of people that probably do need it because, yeah, they're more at risk. Um, They probably don't even know they have a lot more rights than we do Mm -hmm. when it comes to things like that. And they should, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not that they're strong enough or they're not not strong enough, not that they're um, not, you know, you know, like they can't handle themselves. I've, I've been through Muay Thai and... I remember working with this girl and, uh, you know, putting the pads on. I'm ready. Yeah, give me a nice kick. Boom. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking, okay, let's do it again. And she just went snap, snap like this. And I swear she almost broke my, my forearm. Mm-hmm. That's how hard she was kicking. And I turned to the instructor. I said, man, this girl's, she's solid kicks. Like, who is this person? Yeah. Is this Shevchenko? Goes, who is this? <laughs> no, she goes, well, she's a national champ. I'm like, 
All right, well, <laughs> I should kick my ass. <laughs> That's you funny. Know, but it just tells you that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Really, it doesn't matter sex you are. Mm-hmm. When you have the ability to do something, you can do damage, you can do it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's why when I go back to like the basic, the fundamentals of self-defense, why are you in that situation? Okay. So you got in that situation. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do now to Mm -hmm. defend yourself? You know, um, that girl that defended herself, she did a hell of a job. Mm -hmm. Why did she get in there? She shouldn't have. She Mm -hmm. shouldn't have put herself in a position where she allowed somebody just with her in the room. It's not like there's multiple people. It wasn't like there was multiple men and women there. She allowed another male to come in there. Now it's a male and female situation. Um, shouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. But she did. Mm-hmm. And she was lucky enough that she understood that if she needed to fight, the fight's on, and she's going to do it. Mm-hmm. She's going to give it 100%, mm-hmm. and she's not going to be a victim. that switch? It's like, yeah. okay, we got to go. And that's where most men and women, you don't want to be, don't be a victim. You don't want to be a victim mm-hmm. to a situation. Mm-hmm. When the fight's on, fight for your life, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's where it brings me back to like, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a very good sport. It's a very good way of discipline, mm-hmm. um, understanding failure, mm-hmm. uh, understanding how to jump back into it and give it all you got. Um, uh, I love BJJ. Mm-hmm. I, I love when I was doing it. I did for my purpose was to understand the ground. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a, I'm a stand-up guy, mm-hmm. right? I'm a stand-up guy, right? <laughs> the son of a bitch, eh? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Visual modern-day samurai. No, okay. <laughs> so, um, I love stand-up. I love punching. I love... I'm the same. Oh, man. Nothing feels better. I just, I, it's funny. I know. Bah. Yeah. But uh, it, it's funny because stand-up to me is just like, uh, it's just called to me more. Especially as a kid, like yeah, college, I appreciate jujitsu. I appreciate wrestling. I appreciate the the intricacies of it and and how difficult it is. But there's something about the movement and the flow of stand up yeah. that just feels different. Yeah, and then when you become more well rounded, you know, I master takedowns. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a good stand up guy. Um, I, I think I could do really well on the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a I'm not going to wrap somebody up like some of these contenders. Like these guys, I, if I'm going against a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, there's mm-hmm. no way in hell I want to be on the ground. Yeah, you understand that though. There's no ego there. I don't want to be a pretzel, no, right? No, no. So this is good, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, if I'm going to go against a guy who's a stand-up guy <clears throat> and he's a veteran at it, has more years experience than I do, mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to stand up there against him. I'm going to take this guy down. Mm-hmm. I'll finish him on the ground. Mm-hmm. But the, the funny thing is that nobody realizes is the evolution that MMA has brought to the table. People who are veteran grapplers are becoming decent at strikers. Mm-hmm. Veteran strikers have become decent ground guys. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but then they're forgetting the takedowns. You know, I went to, let <clears throat> me jump in here, but. I went and did a seminar, and uh, this is when I got my sixth degree in November. November, it was a really, this is the first time I ever went to Ottawa, and it was beautiful out. It must have been like 25 degrees. So me and Christina were, were like t-shirts now, right, in November, mm-hmm. when it's usually like Arctic weather there. Yeah. Literally. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm on the mat working with these guys. One guy's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy, purple belt. It's pretty high. And um, 
you know, he came to me and said, this was great because I know how to strike. I'm very good on the ground, but I have no takedown skill. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, man, how do you not have a takedown skill? Yeah. You know, a guy, you got to have that. You can't just, you know, try to take somebody down without being skillful. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything takes a skill. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just deploy striking and think that you're going to do it and it's going to end quickly. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you can end quickly mm-hmm. by being more technical. Mm-hmm. You know, like and you were saying earlier, like people just want to do something and just for the sake of doing it, mm-hmm. but then they don't want to do the work. Yeah. Right? I everybody says mm-hmm. I'm willing to work, but I'm like, are you willing to yeah. work? You know, like uh, there's a there's a girl that I'm teaching her uh, boxing. It's not Christina, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm uh, teaching her boxing. <laughs> I'm teaching her boxing. And um, uh, we were coming up on like a year. Yeah. And uh, it's just fundamentals. And it's just one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Like it's just like step by step, step by step. Yeah. And it's just interesting because some people, they want to do it like, yeah, I went to nine rounds. I went here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's going to be a little different. Like it's going to be frustrating. Yeah. Like, like very frustrating constantly right. there's things it's still things numerous amount of things i'm still learning now as a martial artist like yeah it's a, it's honestly it's but you gotta understand like someone like nine rounds is like for like your everyday like when you tell me like the trade like that's this is that side like when you tell me like the intense training i'm like you like i work for a bank like <laughs> well i it's tough because like stuff like nine rounds like the intensity if, like you guys are like i don't know but it's the stuff with nine rounds like uh, I'm, I'm not trying to target nine rounds, by the way. Uh, but the, the but the thing is, like, I don't like when those places market self defense, and they're like doing 15 burpees and then kick the bag, 15 burpees. You know, right? I don't like yeah. that because someone could go nine rounds for a couple of weeks and think they're on the same level as. <clears> How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, you're like, well, let me get started. No, you know what? Um, I have nothing against any of these places um i think they're doing a heck of a job you know trying to get people fit mm-hmm. and that it, it, you know that's great it, it's a marketable tool um but don't yeah don't like, don't try to okay so like if i went to nine rounds for a couple of weeks and i'm going into like it markets like saying like oh i went to nine rounds i can Fight. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. That's what I was gonna that, say. So it's like you're gonna go to a boxing ring at this point, mean, right? And you're yeah, gonna think, like, man, I, I could I could do this. I could hold my own. And you're gonna go to the ring and say, hey, I wanna I wanna fight one of your boxers here, and you get nailed. And then that's <laughs> you're it. Like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know what? It this is where there's that really fine line between marketing fitness and marketing boxing. Right. Or even like, even you know, boxing. kickboxing yeah. fitness. Now, I created a thing called MMA Fit. And at no point do I veer away from technique. And believe it or not, technique is still grueling. Mm-hmm. Right. The footwork is important. And nobody realizes that. You know, people are just kind of pitter-pattering on a bag and they're thinking they're really getting exercise and that becomes more a placebo effect, yeah. right? So you are intentionally, you know, working hard to get that exercise, but are you really working hard, right? It, it, I mean, realistically, if you put somebody in the... If you got a boxer training you, and I'm not going to say any other... I'm not going to... No. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any 
any. You're uh, just saying in general. Fitness. In yeah. general, yeah. You go to a fitness um, place, you're not going to get what you think you're getting. Mm-hmm. You may get a good workout, but you're not going to get the skill, Absolutely, right? Yeah. Someone's going to say, "Oh man, I'm going to go to you know boxing fit, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to get you know boxing lessons." Well, no, you're not. You're just going to get like the you're just going to get movement, but it's not even real movement. It's just to get your body going. People just realize that fitness is really is about your body moving, mm-hmm. right? It's it's about dieting, mm-hmm. right? And I hate that word diet, but it's about eating better, <clears throat> healthier, about healthier, healthier choices. Not like this, but anyways. No, it's called balance. There you go. That's what I thought about too. <laughs> I, I like what you said because I remember I used to work out with him a bit, and uh, uh, I punched a thing. I'm like, oh, I can beat the shit out of anybody. And then when I actually sparred boxed with him, he was pulling all his punches. Like, well, like, yeah, I can see, like, you could have well, yeah, me there. I'm not, I'm not a bully. <laughs> but I was trying my heart out. <laughs> okay, well. But I yeah, went into it with this false sense of confidence. Like, like, that is my issue with that kind of stuff. It's just, I've, yeah, I, I've trained some people who like, yeah, I went to nine rounds. Oh, I went to these places and I trained and then I, you know, I'm like, okay, let's, let's put the pads on, pa 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 pa. And their their stance is not off. They're not, you know, their hands are not coming back to their chin. Their yeah, left is down here. they're always down yeah. here. They're dropping their left, dropping their right. Oh, we're big. Yeah. Huge haymaker. You know what I mean? I'm like, relax. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. Like we're ju- we're just flowing right now. Let's warm up the shoulders. Okay. Keep it short. Keep it high. Keep it high. Yeah. Uh, that's what frustrates me because I have seen, I have heard of people who go into situations and it ends up in a really bad situation for yeah. them because of that. And if you ever forget anything in training the one thing you need to remember is keep the hands up mm-hmm. and we we that's like one of the biggest things i think you know, <clears throat> to get into the idea of the fitness stuff i mean i had uh one of my co-workers he said can you teach my daughter she's like four years old i'm like okay i'll you know well, have well, a class I have to, I, I have to <clears throat> really bad i've been drinking a lot of water keep on going with the story yeah so anyways undergo I, the washroom <laughs> I just want to take a real quick sec to say thank you to our sponsors. So our sponsors are Neurodose. Uh, it's at Neurodose.com. What they sell is 1P LSD. It comes in a liquid form. And what I usually, fo- usually use it for is uh, a little bit of energy uh, to get in a creative state. Lasts about 10 to 12 hours. So just to let you guys know, I would suggest to take it like first thing in the morning. Then they have their psilocybin pills. The way I describe that is a little bit of a sprint of creativity. So I use it whenever I'm programming for my clients. Uh, if I'm actually uh, teaching a class or training some people, I also use it when I'm reading a book if I'm trying to get like in a deep flow state. Um, so nerdos.ca, um, uh, get off of 15, get you 15% off. I think you'll like it. Back to the podcast. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the podcast. I just want to shout out to another one of our sponsors, Herx Nutrition. They're located in East Gwillimberry. So they're a nutrition store that has a lot of protein, BCAs, vitamins, greens, and pre-workouts. Uh, what I like about them is that they're always trying to change the game and get new products in. So they're always, always trying to learn and get new things in. I think you guys would appreciate it. Again, it's at East Gwillimberry. When you go in, say get off of 15, get 15% off. Other than that, enjoy the rest of the podcast. We had to stop, guys, because I had to go pee. So uh, off air. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about uh, martial arts and uh, we were talking about um, uh, staff training and, and weapon because you do some weapon training, right? Yeah. like uh, So we were, just so you know that we're, that's what we're jumping into right now. So yeah. sorry, you do some uh, weapon training. So our weapon, our, sorry, weapon, our weapons are very 
geared towards grading, mm-hmm. right? We don't do a whole lot of weapons. A lot of the weapons I, I uh, went through have been, um, you know, we have traditional, but then I wanted something that was more, you know, favorable to street. Mm-hmm. So I watched countless videos. I know it sounds bad, but, you know, people being attacked by knives. And I'm trying to figure that out. But that's realistic. You're looking at footage. You're being realistic. You're trying yeah. to understand, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't consider it bad. That's all I'm trying to say. No, I mean, you know, to understand the philosophy of a knife, you got to really look at it from a perspective, a real attack. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to look at it. At it's realistic approach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another jujitsu or another art fighting skill that derived from jujitsu is like Krav Maga. I took yeah. Krav Maga actually. Yeah. That was it's a one, art. one of the first martial arts I, I learned was uh, Israeli combat. Yeah, uh, from uh, Elon Elon Rosenberg. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know that. Is it, there's I, only a few people that really are are, are um, certified to actually teach it? Yeah, because he's uh, he was at that time he's one of the top ranked people to I, I looked it up. Uh, yeah, uh, to teach it and I signed up. Yeah, those I, guys are jujitsu was a highly influenced influential in the creation of Krav Maga. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody really thinks about it. You know, people hear Jiu-Jitsu and right away think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I um, I made sure that even in my title, it was Japan, modern Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Because if I say Jiu-Jitsu, right away someone's going to be like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 100%, yeah. And then when I put Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, someone's like, ah, it's traditional. What are you going to... You know, what are you going to learn from fight. that? Yeah, It's an art. So I had to put modern Japanese jiu-jitsu because that's what we do teach. Mm-hmm. We teach real self-defense. We teach, um, you know, real-time type of fighting. So going back to MMA, before I did MMA, which is what I did the boat for five years, <clears throat> stopped, got concussed, that was it. You know, I only want to go into that just to test my abilities. So I went to pound for pound. Pound for oh, I know pound for pound. Yeah. So shout out to pound for pound. Yeah, pound for pound. These guys are phenomenal Muay Thai club. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my uh, fellow black belts. Uh, he's another six degree. Mm-hmm. He's also a professor in BJJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sensei o- or Professor O'Neill. Mm-hmm. He teaches at pound for pound. He's like their BJJ guy. Came third in the world. This guy's phenomenal. I would never do uh, a grappling match with this guy. So tie me up. <clears throat> um, so the, the the pound for pound guys, uh, Saj and um, I think that's the main guy who I, I trained under. Uh, there's a lot of guys, phenomenal. These guys are the kind of guys you can go into Muay Thai and learn and not get beaten up. Mm, like you actually go there to learn. Yeah, proper. Exactly. And you want to do that. You want to, I went to countless schools, mm-hmm. like, you know, just to see, you know, I'm getting guys coming at me hard. And I'm yeah. thinking, I didn't but tell them. Even um, in like, uh, like fights in Thailand, like not fights, but camps and um, gyms in Thailand, like they go like heart. Uh, oh, I would love to go to Tiger. I would, love that. I, would I want to take, Tiger? Tiger Muay Thai is a place in, in Thailand. And it's uh, one of like, it's it was pretty well known, like as one of the, still one is. of the best. Yeah, still is. A lot of UFC fighters go there. People go there. And I wish I could take like a month off from like. It's like going to a monk monastery, but for fighting. Yeah, it's it's the cream of the crop. Yeah. For cream of the crop. And so you know, you talk about uh, fitness. 
<laughs> I heard they they make their fight the the world their people run like five k every morning. Yeah. Like and then five k at night. Yeah. And it's just like that's normal. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That like that's their warm up. Is like, you? A lot of these guys will be drinking this. Howler head, by the way. No, <laughs> um, no, they the, they enjoy their life. They drink. They, they enjoy their life. life. And they drink this and they wake up to five k. Because it's a mentality. It's like this is on. Well, it's not only that, but from what I heard, and I remember this during Muay Thai because you, you get micro fractures on your shins. shins. And I always wondered how the hell these guys kick like trees down mm -hmm. and coconuts. You know, and yeah, stuff. like they, these guys can kick. Yeah. Yeah. They can. One of the guys was like um, a renowned um, Muay Thai fighter who kicked. It was like a dummy with a, a kicking shield on it. And it, it, it pounds of pressure mm -hmm. was phenomenal. I mean, like you're talking 900 pounds of pressure, mm -hmm. and that would your your femur bone is strongest bone in your body. It, it, you have to do a lot to crack that, mm -hmm. and this would crack it. Crack somebody's femur. Yeah, it could do that. He he actually broke a baseball bat in half, and even the harder ones. Mm -hmm. And I was like thinking, my God, no blood, because your skin gets tough, right? Well, and, the calcis builds up, yeah, and so it, it calcifies. When you get microfractures, what happens? The calcium comes through, and then it hardens it up like stone. So you yeah. get these stone legs. My uh, the guy who taught me Masaras, he um, after a train session for uh, Thai or kickboxing, have like a the wooden. He was very traditional. He had like the wooden uh, uh, pole, dow, and just tap it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like to people, it was like. On my shins, on my shin. Just tap it. So it's like now. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. Try it. It it sucks. You'll get little microfractures, and believe it or not. But that's after like you've been kicking with that shin. Well, no, I mean we we end up, you know, you're training, you're kicking, all that stuff, but, um, you know, rolling your shins with the bone, like you know, with the the dowel, um, tapping it. Yeah. You're actually creating these little fractures. No. You won't even know it, but it hurts. And what mm -hmm. happens as it heals, the calcium comes out, and it's like stone. I actually have a picture of one of my oh, first. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's indents. Yeah. You see the guys with the big caps? Yeah, stay away. <laughs> that's, that's true. Guys with big legs. Um, so uh, I want to go back to something we talked about earlier on. Um, <laughs> Ryan is checking his shins. That's right. He's like, shoot. Um, you're talking about awareness, and you're talking about like when you're going to a place. So for uh, for a girl, yeah, like w like when you walk in, you're saying they should look at where the exit is, right? So I know we don't want to discriminate guys and girls, but name like if you can five things that a guy or girl should automatically um, look for or do. Yeah. In a situation, you're going to a house party, you're going to a club, yeah. you're going, I guess those are the dangerous situations, Absolutely. right? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so if you could do that. So I would say step one is obvious. The obvious one is, do you want to go to this party? Do you really feel that there's something wrong? You know, some people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, do the eyeshadow, whatever they do. Like, <laughs> you know, um, Christina looks amazing no matter what. <laughs> so she really does. And I tell her, like, I'll be honest, like, she doesn't even need makeup, but she looks amazing both with and without. without. Um, yeah, very sexy. And uh, Christina, I hope you like, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> She's probably going to kill me for saying that, but mm -hmm. anyway, she is. Mm -hmm. Even when she wakes up. Um, That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, oh, guys. It's amazing. And anyways, uh, yeah, so where I was at is... Um, the first thing you want to do is feel comfortable with going out. Yeah. 
right? Not just because the girls want to get out there, but do you feel comfortable? Sometimes, you know, you feel like, oh, man, my stomach's a little off. What the hell? Like, did it, the nachos I ate or whatever? <laughs> you know, you kind of analyze that. He's like, oh, well, I'll be okay when I get out there. There's something telling you there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and why I say spiritually or vibrationally, mm-hmm. it's because you're, we're all interconnected. So whatever's happening negatively out there, it's sending a signal back to you saying mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Wherever this is that you're going, there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like not happening yet, it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. It's like a foretell situation. Mm-hmm. What we can't see physically as a human being, there's something inside us that sees that before it's going to happen. It's true because, sorry to interrupt you, but there are certain people that like you mean, you're like, hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, everybody should get the benefit of the doubt. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. These kind of situations. But there are some people where you're like, there's something about you I don't yeah. trust. And you need to believe that. Well, you got to understand that judging somebody is like, you just look at them like, oh, look at this person, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that person is good looking. That person's ugly. This person's, that's, you know, and you, you don't realize you can say, oh, that person's ugly. And then also you have a conversation like, that's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful what a beautiful person yeah you know or it's like man this person's hot and then you get this like wow what a personality Ugh, yeah i don't want this you know yeah. what i mean yeah you looked at me at the negative parts no 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 you know right away I, when i first walked in i you know i felt you know yeah. positive feelings about being here you know and that's because I wanted to be here and drink, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Podcast, but no, it's just you know you, you look at um, you know the first thing you do is you once you you know you decide you, that you want to go, mm-hmm. your gut's okay. You know, hopefully your gut's okay. Yeah, but your, your feelings are good. You're positive about it. You get to the club or whatever. You walk in, and the first thing you do before you even walk in is the crowd. You look. Right, you don't have to look somebody in the eye and like, oh man, I'm gonna, right? You know, you're gonna pound this guy. Uh, you look. Right? I should have did this. And it, it kind of looks like, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna pound this guy. Yeah, that's awful. Anyway, it's okay. It's a howler. <laughs> you know, that's awful. I should have look for something. You're gonna find it. Right? Yeah, if I'm with Christina. So Ryan is trying to say like, Ryan trying to say sometimes if you look for a problem yeah. you look for a fight you'll get absolutely. for a fight but that's not what you're trying to say. No, if you're looking for something, your gut can kind of tell you. But also, if you look for things, be aware. You'll find things that aren't there necessarily. Like yeah, so your your awareness kicks in, and most people again don't do this, right? When your awareness is kicking in, excuse me. You start seeing things. You, you start seeing <clears throat> possible weapons. You start seeing people that look aggressive. And maybe they weren't. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just a little angry. The frustrated Has that ever in. happened to you where it's just like... Um, wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll answer that. But I want you to say yeah. the other things that people should watch yeah, so, out for. So you look around. Everything's good, right? You're like, okay, well, I feel good. The first thing was kind of iffy. I feel better. Okay, so I walk in. The very first thing you want to know is this is exit number one because this was where I entered. Okay. Number two, you scan the room from side to side. You scan the room all the way around. You want to see who's there because it'll be that one person or two people that are looking at you as you entered. And nobody really does that. And I think the first thing you want to understand is I don't want to walk directly in the center of this room. 
I don't want to walk right in here and go to the center when everyone else is all over the place. I want to keep my back close to the wall and just look. And you're going to get the girls are going to like, oh, God, come on, let's go to the bar. The bar's over there. Let's get some drinks and have fun. Okay, I'll be right with you. Just give me a second. What's wrong with you, right? And nobody understands that. Nobody understands because they're too engulfed in this, this high energy and this fascination of being part of this this occult of, of, you know, dance and energy. I love dance. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love energy. I love it. You're right. I love to have a good time. I love fun, but I also want to make sure that my fun is not going to be, you know, um, the end of it. What do you mean by a cult of like, dance? like, it, like someone strives for like, well, everything's kind of a cult, right? Like you got martial arts as a cult. You got, you know, I don't mean like a fascination of, of killing somebody, but I mean like everything has its own cult. Fitness has mm. its own cult, right? It's uh, true. Yoga, it's a cult on its own. CrossFit. CrossFit, yeah. When you say cult, it's like... Mm-hmm. Well, because there's that one cult or that those cults that, like, make you drink the Kool-Aid. Name one good cult. Uh, I don't know. Martial AC/DC? arts? AC- oh, oh, ACDC. Martial arts, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like... Well, I mean, when you look at the perspective, we're not talking about like uh, Illuminati or any of those cults, but that's what most people satanic say. cults. And we, you know, I think that's like the interpretation of people. I think when people look at cults, they think about like the satanic. They think about all these weird cults that, you know, murderous things. But you know, everything is kind of its own cult, right? Like the mm-hmm. um, culture, you know, cultivation of some sort. Um, when cult you, takes away your freedom to think and. Yeah, and you know what? It's so true. That—that's what I distinguish as a cult. Religion still opens your mind to freedom of thinking. You can question your religion. Martial arts, you can question. Like, it's not surrounding you and convincing you that that's your yeah. Taking away your freedom of expression, a cult takes away that expression. That's a they think for you. Yeah. No, and and and, you know, I think I think you're right. I think that's also. cults that are not so um, group-centered mm-hmm. where you have to be part of an organization. Mm-hmm. And I mean that as a sense of like you go into a dance club. Um, it is a cult. It's a culture. You know, it's like a way of being in, in the moment of mm-hmm. dancing and energy and stuff. I love that. You know, um, am I a great dancer? No. It's Chris. Say, Christina. <laughs> You know what? Christina could dance circles around me. She's phenomenal. She should have been a dancer. Uh, think, yeah, she should have been. She should have been an entertainer. Yeah. Honestly, she could. You ever heard her sing? Oh, she's gonna kill me now. Sing! I'm gonna ask oh, her every time I train gosh, her now. She's amazing. Yeah. She's gonna fucking choke the shit out of me, but that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> I like when she's aggressive like that. <laughs> anyway, that's that's another. That's another story. That's, a, that's another story. Um, but yeah, so you enter the club. You you analyze everything. You see who's there. Who's looking at you? Who's not? And you keep an eye on those who are, who are, you know, are looking at you, because those are the people that are going to creep up on you when you don't, when you least expect. Those are the people that are going to get to the next step, which I, which I'm going to get hit on right now is everything is good. You notice there's people looking. Keep your eyes open on them. Now you get to the bar with everybody else because everyone's like, ah, oh, the girls are like, ah, oh, come on, let's let's drink, let's have some shots, okay? And you want to make sure that. Have fun drinking, enjoy the time, but don't get to the point where you lose focus and control of your own body. 
right? And this happened not too long ago, and it happens on a regular basis. Where I think this girl had um, had a was drugged and a drink, and she had a drug in there, and it reacted a certain way. She lost, she got paralysis, uh, like a lockjaw almost. Yeah, well, I've, she, I've heard about yeah, this. So yeah, she couldn't, she couldn't speak or whatever properly. Mm -hmm. She was like moaning and. And she was in pain, but she couldn't even say what she was what she was feeling. But what happened is someone dropped some tablets in there and dissolved quickly, and and then that's what happened. Uh, you know, how many times has she been out like where that hasn't happened? Like she's putting herself in an environment right? where that's so, subject to happen. And this it's is not where that's the standard. Like yeah, just, you and this is why women this. think, why can I not just have a good time? And you can. Mm -hmm. you and you should be able to. You should. You yeah. should be able in, to. In a real okay, so. In the fantasy world, everything else doesn't exist, but you and your drink and your fun and your family or whoever you're with, your friends, that's fantasy. But you could take fantasy and make it a reality. Mm -hmm. But the only difference between fantasy and reality is that you're not going to have to make awareness part of that. That's awareness. Mm -hmm. you got to make sure that your hand is over your drink at all times. Mm-hmm. That if you leave your drink somewhere, don't go back to it. Mm -hmm. Just leave it. It's done. Okay. I don't care if you spend $200 on a drink. Leave it. And I remember telling Christine this once. We were at a club. And I said, the second you leave your drink, just leave it. Don't worry about it. It's whatever. And you know, she's walking around like this. And you know what? Hey, and honestly, you can have a good time with your hand on your drink. Because... There's nobody that can put anything in it. There's nobody. And when people see that, right away, it like a cult. They say, oh, you know what? That person's aware of something that could happen. I'm not going to even go near that person. It's like when you see somebody, it's like walking. Well, there's somebody behind you. Because like, you're an easy target. Yeah. And when, you, when you're walking by yourself and you look over your shoulder periodically to make sure there's nobody there, it's the victim who doesn't look over the shoulder with walking their dog or by themselves and the person sees that cross the street and boom, that's it. End of the story. You've mm -hmm. been now sexually assaulted or assaulted for whatever money or so. But that is the same situation in the club. You, you have to look like you are not a victim and a victim will automatically not be like that. Like I work in an office. So uh, sorry, Ryan, speak a little louder so that the camera catches it. I, was in, I work in an office, so the other day, and I was going to say, where people don't put themselves in a situation, but they still get thrust into a situation. I got off the subway, I was walking, uh, there's some uh, a girl, she's walking, some guy just started harassing me, blah, 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 you're my girlfriend. So obviously as a man, you kind of step up, because I have my earplugs in, but they're never playing, because you always got to yeah. wear a special pony. That's what's going on, so hey, knock it off. And then he goes, oh, okay, and then instantly I'm thinking, what you said, I'm I'm not like trained like you, like looking for a thing. I'm like, this guy is nice. So I'm trying to keep it the thing. So I'm like, I'm going to walk you to your office. And I walked her like 10 minutes down. And this asshole followed us like the whole way. But she didn't put herself in a situation to be. She was going to work on yeah. subway. Yeah. And like, I walk up, like, do you know this guy? And she's like, nope. And then I'm like, okay. And instantly she grabbed my arm like this yeah. and started walking. Yeah. And I go to walk into your office, thinking the guy would kind of screw off after about 30 seconds walking down the street. But he followed us the whole 10 minute yeah. walk. But that was in a situation she put herself. She was just yeah. walking to work. But now, I guess she's probably going to reconsider. Like maybe, well, she's not. It's a situation I have to yeah. walk with somebody to work. It sucks if that's a scenario. Like somebody yeah. just like 
and she's and she's lucky that you were there, you know. But that's, and, that's what kind of like. <clears throat> and not every time that she, there would ever be a situation like that. Sometimes that becomes a wake up call for some people that you now they got to be more attention, more, you know, have um, that heightened awareness to like see who's looking or maybe take a different route because we always take the same route mm-hmm. every day. We take that's the same really route. That's literally what went around. Like now she could be like. I need to commute with somebody now on yeah. the subway to work, either have someone walk me to her, or I'm going to take an Uber. So now she has to reassess her whole way just from one bad direction. Because I'm sure she's made that commute a thousand times, nothing, but now that one thing is going to stay because that yeah. one time something does happen. Yeah, no, it's a good example of a situation that, you know, you, you basically diffuse that situation, you know, and not everyone does that. Not everyone... You know, you see a situation on transit constantly, you know, and I don't watch news, but I'll hear it like, hey, guys, you know what happened with this person? And I'm like, and I'll look on my social media and and uh, some of the social media stuff is just horrible. But uh, like recently, I, I watched some of the social media and they show like problems happening and they put music to it. I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. These poor souls are getting in situations. Um, you know, some are lucky. I'm going to say that. And I mean that, you know, absolutely. some people are absolutely like she's lucky mm-hmm. because it could have went another way, you know, and um, maybe she wouldn't get sexually assaulted. Maybe because she would have been attacked. Would have actually, but he would have harassed her whole way. Rick, she, she still would have been. Yeah. Now, there, there are times, yeah, there are times where people are in situations where they got to go from here to here. And no matter what, that's the only section they can get to their work because that's the only way. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> what I say with, with that situation, yeah, you're right. A buddy system. That's how, now she has to reassess her whole, like... A buddy system is 100% um, great to have. Like, you have to have somebody that obviously you can trust. Yeah. You know, and I mean that in a sense because trust is a very touchy thing, right? Absolutely. Because the person you trust... I could have been like... Yeah, and that's jokes on you. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? No, a a lot of. But she grabbed my my arm like that. A lot of attacks happen like that. I was like, I was ready to punch this guy out. Yeah, you know, get a knife or anything. You know what? Honestly, I I would stab my uncle if he tried. Like, that's you got to think about that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe feel like it was my little like it just like. I didn't care what this guy like. I was like really kill him. Yeah, if no, like I mean, you gotta really think about those things. Kind of kept me, oh, he just murmured his whole way there, but yeah, like these are things that I was walking off. People I do die. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have kids? Do you have kids? Yeah. Uh, like uh, boys, girls. I got like thousands. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I got, I got yeah. boys. I got boys and a girl. Boys and a girl. So, yeah. do you think like uh, are you trying to install this in your daughter? Um, she's already beaten up two guys. So, my girl, my girl. Uh, yeah, the first time she uh, she broke this kid's nose in elementary school. Uh, so how does that make you school. feel though when you when you hear that you're like, oh, I'm proud of you. Did you duck? Well, Did you slip? As, as soon as I as soon as I had a chance to talk to her about it, uh, this was high school. Um, you know, she was trying to do, you know, keep two of her friends from hitting each other. She got hit in tunnel vision, whatever. She got up and knocked the guy out, broke his nose. Um, I get a call from the principal, and uh, I said, well, why didn't you call my ex, you know, and uh, figure that out. And um, he goes, well, you know, 
Just kind of hit him with like this precise technical. Whoopah, <laughs> <laughs> whoopah. <laughs> like really, really. And uh, and then she's like, yeah, you know, I just. Then we kind of questioned it, and she goes, well, my dad, you know, fought, and he's a he's a trainer and stuff. And then that's where things kind of went. <laughs> like, what's his name? Let's call him. Official uh, modern day samurai. I, you know, and then she kind of like said to me, the principal was like, you know. I was gonna, you know, suspend both of them, but good for her. Good for her. <laughs> good for her. And uh, and I said, yeah, you know, but I'll talk to her about getting, you know, in between two people fighting. Don't do that, um, you know. And then college, she uh, she knocked a guy out who was probably like, you know, five times bigger than her, um, because uh, well, she got she's a little firehead too. The guy basically took a computer and everything and put it like tossed it on the ground and says i'm sitting here and she's like, what and then bang 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 and she's a tiny thing <laughs> you know what she's she's tiny yeah like, she's not a big girl she's a really tiny girl and i think that uh i never taught her she just watched me you know she watched my training again modern day samurai <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know she uh you know and i think when the high school one it was was it I, at that point i said you could date whoever you want um you know and uh you know her, her boyfriend really nice guy you know the first time i met him he was a little uh hesitant and uh as he like, should oh, be <laughs> and i said look and i told him i said i said to him i said you know you're not you don't have to worry about me you're in good hands he goes like what I said, uh, just worry about her. I'm going to catch her hands kill me. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the reason I'm asking that is because, like, uh, I'm married and, uh, like, I want to have kids in the future. And uh, I come from a martial arts background. I will always do martial arts for the rest of my life. And I yeah. want my kids to be in martial arts. Yeah. But, I like, I know how to teach it to somebody else. I know how to do it. But your kids, I feel like... There's that thrifty road. Are you being too hard? Are you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you care about them. So, you know, I, I, I want your perspective, honestly. Um, you gotta, on, you gotta, you gotta look at it as this: your ability to teach. There has to be a separation to them, right? They gotta take you serious as an instructor, and it's a very difficult road to go down. You gotta be able to say, "Look, we're training now. We're not." We're not playing games. I'm going to show you how to fight. You know, you got to be the trainer. And they're going to look at you like, but your dad, how we're going to like, how we're going to train and take you serious. And the best way to do that is to take them into the gym, is to take them to a place where you're training. So they see you training. They want to look at you and say, man, wow, my dad's a really kicks ass. And I want to train. I want to train with him. And even training your wife, you know, say, you know, let's just do pad work stuff. I want to we do, yeah, we do training. She does you know? train in general. So there so. you go, right? Like, I mean, it becomes part of the blood, becomes mm -hmm. part of the family. Like it becomes your, it becomes an intricate part of who you guys are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that fun time. There's the happy time. There's the, oh, you know, you, you're not, you don't do that. Right. And then there's a time where the discipline and the focus comes in a perspective mm -hmm. and I think that's where you got to really put it you got to kind of put them into it even if you guys are trained together you and your wife let the kids see that 
right? Let the kids see you guys training. It's not like you guys are beating shit out of each other. That's not you want. You don't want them to see that. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be doing that either. <laughs> but you do want your kids to grow up healthy, but understanding that there has to be focused discipline and understanding. And I think a lot of things <clears throat> nowadays get thrown out the window. There is no discipline. Kids just, you know, you and the reason why it's not, it's not, it's not like the parents' fault per se. It's the parents don't want the kids to miss out on things they didn't have. Mm-hmm. They they don't want them to go through the discipline they have because they're worried that the kids are not going to feel happy like they didn't feel that happiness it's interesting you say that because i had a conversation with one of my clients um because like they're like oh when you have kids like how are you gonna react so uh, i like come, come from with a manual no just sure. uh, well, i would imagine yeah, so i would buy that if there was a manual the where's the uh, uh, oh there's the manual here we go <laughs> oh yeah let me see oh right. there you go um so i come from like a single mom okay yeah. she worked three jobs um and she had a ton of energy watched a lot of power rangers ninja oh, turtles power rangers. ninja turtles yeah, you know okay. she told me i couldn't watch power rangers because i was practicing those moves on guys yeah, yeah. um That's okay That's but okay. <laughs> um but what i'm trying to say is like she uh everybody thinks i'm going to be so soft and everybody thinks i'm going to be so um wavery with my kids because like uh i want them to have more than 100 percent. i want them to have more than i had when a kid but the, it's funny because i don't think like that um because what i wish now is i wish my mom i know my mom watches my podcast okay um, so, so what i wish is i wish my mom was harder on me as yeah. a kid but the problem is that she knew how much pain and she knew how much heartache i was in as a kid yeah. she she didn't want to add any more and it added any more, any more pain, any more discipline, yeah. right? But like I, I use that term like um, pressure can either uh, make diamonds or burst pipes. Yeah. And now I know I'm a diamond, right? And so when I, I, I don't think like that when I, when I am about to have kids, I think like I need to put pressure on them. I need them to be diamonds. So like it's interesting when you say that. It's just like I, I actually I don't want to be flimsy with my kids. Right. I want them to have the opposite I had. I want them to have more structure, have more discipline. You know, do I want them to have, like, when I wanted to, like, now anybody can have a phone when you're a kid. When I want to ask job, so I got a job. You know what I mean? When I couldn't, when I wanted to go to a friend's house, I walked or I biked. You know what I mean? Certain things I had to do on my own. And you don't see, uh, uh, sorry, but you don't see that now as a kid. You know what I mean? Everything is handed to them. It's that instant gratification. I didn't get that as a kid. And... I see kids now who are so, I'm going to use this term, and it might be a little rude, but a little weak, yeah. you know, because they don't understand not getting what you want right away. They don't appreciate it. And they don't appreciate that, yeah. right? And so it, it's, it's interesting that they said that because it's, it's not what I want for my kids. I want them to, like, to work and work and work and work and possibly get it and work backwards and then work. Exactly what you had. I never said that, though. I never said exactly. I just want them to have more. I want them to understand that struggle. And that's where martial arts comes into play. Like, you don't have to teach martial arts to a kid. Mm-hmm. Really, you, yeah, I mean. You still got to let them know they have a dad. You know, everyone is a martial artist in their own aspect. Thank you. Teachers, you know, <laughs> um, workers, yeah. fathers, mothers. We, we all have that in us to say, 
And just like martial arts, you got to do it this way because this is the best way. But I want you to take what I've show you and become better at it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you. And that's you know, why I'm not going to. I'm not going to be the father that's soft. I'm going to be a little hard, but it doesn't mean I can't be a little soft. Mm-hmm. Because you know the the adage is like as the male perspective, and I I grew up with just my mom, and she's like both the father and the mother, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so I got fucked over each way. Either way, I got screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, you know. And um, great, I love my mom. She's amazing. Like surprise. Uh, <laughs> official monitor, Sam. And then uh, so the thing is that we have to remember is that it's a cycle. <clears throat> you know, a, a strong father will make a soft child. Do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. No. A soft child will take what that softness was and say, you know what? I don't want to get. I don't want to do what my dad did. He made me soft. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make my son tough, right? And then we'll make a tough child. Mm-hmm. So how do you eliminate that vicious cycle? Well, you take it and say, okay. Well, I understand you're hurt, right? I understand you're hurt. But in order for you to, you know, to move forward, is take that information, think about it, which nobody does anymore, and understand it in every capacity. Am I hurt because I did something wrong? Okay, I think I did. What was it? Okay, was I? Am I hurt because somebody did something to me? Okay, what can I do to make it better? How can I be a stronger person? Why is hurt now? The strength in me. No, it's not the strength. It's your weakness. Take your hurt, make it stronger. Take it not to go hurt somebody, but to say, I'm not going to let this happen again. I'm going to use my voice. What we do is like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's okay. No. What do you mean? What what are you saying? No. You got to do this because it's important for you to understand that this doing this is going to make it better for you, not for everybody else. Don't worry about everybody else. That they got to worry about themselves. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't go and help somebody. Mm-hmm. It just means that be a strong person all the time. Even when it hurts you, be a strong person. That way, that hurt is going to be stronger. Now, some people might argue, say, "Well, that person's hurt is going to hide within themselves, and so the pain is going to make them aggressive." And go out and do something serious or silly, and it's going to hurt other people. No, you, you gotta understand that you take the hurt, understand it to its full capacity, and say, "Well, okay, am I going to do this to somebody else? No, I'm not going to do this to somebody else. I'm going to sure that never happens again to me." And nobody teaches that, right? You see all those killings, all those shootings that happen in these schools, and then you learn that these kids were bullied. You learn that these kids were on some type of narcotic. And not for anything, who do you blame on this? Pharmaceuticals? Do you blame the parents? Do you blame the people around? Right? So being a father has more to do with how you approach the way you discipline your child. Now, you could smack your kid up, but what is that really doing? Mm -hmm. It's making them more infuriated. It's making them more infuriated so that when they grow up with their child, that's where that whole mm. edge of a soft child makes a hard, child, you know, harder child. Now it becomes more of a bullying issue. Mm-hmm. You can teach your kid 
without bullying your kid. Because bullies are one of the biggest things that are creating those mass shootings in schools. They're creating those victimizations where someone turns around and becomes a Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. These are these are the things that cause psychological issues, mm-hmm. and nobody sees that. Nobody really understands. I feel like also combustion. people don't really want to talk about that no, either. They don't yeah. because and that nobody wants to talk about anything, mm-hmm. right? That's why we have podcasts. But <laughs> nobody really wants to talk about anything because they're they're too afraid mm-hmm. to bring up topics. Mm-hmm. They're too afraid to really know the truth, and that goes back to the idea of um, conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. Someone who denies a conspiracy theorist denies the fact of the real truth. And that's what it is. Mm. You deny it because it's like, no, that's not the truth. Then what is the truth? Well, I don't know. Then how do you know that that person's not telling the truth? How do you know that that conspiracy is really not the truth that you're listening to? Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we become, in society, we become so um, educated in a way that whatever someone else is saying, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. No matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the truth, I can tell you the sky is blue. You're like, no, it's red. What are you talking about? Because you now be, you're just a narcissistic person and mm-hmm. you don't care what I think. So there's a vicious cycle in humanity. No matter how it works, it's always going to be like that. But how do we make a change? We can't make a change unless we fully focus on the ideas of change. Mm-hmm. And that goes down to parenting. It goes down to how we teach our kids, how I, how a teacher teaches their class, how I teach my class, you know, how I work with interacting, you know, in the banking world, how I interact with my peers. Am I going to laugh at somebody because all of them laughed at that one person? Or am I going to say, well, that's not nice. Mm-hmm. What are you laughing about? Is it because I got to be, I got to feel like I'm part of the group, part of the cult? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, we we got as a as a as a as human human beings, as humanity, as a social setting, you know, when I look at social media, it's a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Right. This is good because we're talking mm-hmm. on social media. But a lot of social media stuff is people dancing, people talking about their nails or their hair or, um, you know, a lot of the strangest things I've seen in my life are happening on social media. And um, it's it's now a platform for these people who can't get on TV shows, who can't get on the sitcoms or or the uh, Jerry Springer. Remember that, Jerry Springer? That was, you know, I remember, remember, you know, Dr. Phil. They, yeah, you they are can't not the child. You're you not know? the father. That's right. Damn. Yeah, so, and I remember those things. But why can't life be like Three's Company? Why can't life be like a, a, you know, but it's a program. We're not part of a program. We are who we are. And we got to separate the ideas of programming. We got to understand that we're all feelings. We all have feelings. We all have vibrations. We're all part of the same, you know, organism. But we have a DNA that's different, you know, within each other. And I think that's why there's, there's this, this separation. I didn't originally have this question planned for you, but I feel like you're going to give me an answer that is worthy of asking. And uh, what do you consider as an alpha? Well, uh, I mean, most people say that an alpha is somebody who's a dominating, uh, dominating gender, dominating all genders, not meaning that as a, as a man, I should be able to dominate other men. And meaning 
that people look up to me as strength, that I can put somebody down if I wanted to, that I control the situation. Uh, I control the situation even females I control the situation. Um, I think that is kind of um, the wrong way to look at it. I think a dominating force as a word would be more of um, a dominating voice in the general public, a person that can be a speaker of good, not just because of their own personal gains, mm-hmm. but sees everything that's going on in the world. They can stand up and say, why can't we be this? And then people look at this person saying, yeah, you know this guy, he's right. And we have these people in place, but we're putting the wrong people in place. So as a as an alpha male. But I don't mean just as a male, alpha in general. Alpha in general, in yeah. General. Well, even, a, even if, you know, no matter who it is, girl, guy, whatever, uh, I think somebody who's an alpha should be able to not control so much, but to generate an audience to understand that these are the problems. What are the solutions? Okay, just like at work. What are the problems? What are the solutions? Not to say, well, your solution sucks because you're nobody. No, everybody's somebody. We gotta figure out what we can do as humanity, as human beings, as a social environment worldwide. How can we create the best society? How can we create the best of each other? And that person I would consider to be a dominant or an alpha, not somebody who's too much of themselves. And I think that's what society has put it for, is that somebody who's an alpha is somebody who's too much into themselves, that we got to look up to that person to be a better person, which essentially is not. Well, it's, it, um, I know I asked you, but um, I've had conversations with these people who I think are pretty alpha males. Well, I've talked to a male before, like with it, and, and um, a lot of answers I get is like an alpha is selfish. Yeah. Um, and I understand where they're coming from, but I think uh, what an alpha is, I mean, an alpha is many things, yeah. right? And I think the road... My personal opinion, the road to alpha is long lasting forever and not knowing if you'll get there, but staying on the road Yeah. and consistency Yeah. and knowing that you may not never get, you may never get there, but you stay on that road in, in general. And that's, that's a personal viewpoint. And mm-hmm. I think that as an alpha, you need that. You need to have that as a personal level, as a social level. You can't be, you can have that, but you also have to look at now, um, I have a responsibility. That, that's the way I see it. Like I was telling uh, Ryan, um, I, I've come to understand that uh, when you can do things that other people can't or won't, it's not a choice for you anymore. It's a responsibility. Exactly. And that's the way I, that's the way I feel about things now. And that's the way I see things now. Before, it was very much, I don't want to say it was I was fearful to lead, but I was i was afraid to lead in the sense of bringing, like, uh, being the wrong leader. But now I see certain situations where it's like, this needs to happen. We right. need to be there. And it, it's interesting. I, I find the older I get, the more responsibility I see. 
Mm-hmm. And the more responsibility I see towards people. Well, you become wiser. Hopefully. That's well, the plan. I mean, it's, it's a natural, it's natural for us to do that. Some people will look at wise as, I don't want to get wise yet. I don't want to be a wise person, but you naturally become wise. You become, you won't do the things you did because you understand the philosophy behind it, that the philosophy doesn't make sense as to doing these things anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go binge drinking when you're young, but then you look back at it like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore because mm-hmm. it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, because why is it not healthy? But because you understand mm-hmm. that it just, it, there's nothing healthy about it. Mm-hmm. And we talk about balance. Well, we got to balance it. Well, I can do it, but to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Well, you've just become more wise because you realize it's a realization that makes you more wise, mm-hmm. right? What I could have done in my past as a martial artist doesn't mean I can do that anymore. It just means I could do it better. Mm-hmm. It means I can create a better avenue to do what I want. I was just learning, just like you're drinking. You learn how to, you learn about the drinking. You learn to be an alpha male. Mm-hmm. You learn to be one. But then you realize that it's not just about you personally. You have your personal goals as an alpha male mm-hmm. or an alpha. Mm-hmm. But then you realize that you have responsibility, like we all do, mm-hmm. to ensure that everybody around us is taken care of, that we know that we take care of ourselves. I take care of myself all the time. You know, I look after myself, but as an alpha, I also look after the people that need it mm-hmm. most, mm-hmm. most of the time. I'll look after that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to people. I'll listen to what they need. I'll listen to their their ups and downs. I can give my perspective on things, but I can't hold their hands. Mm-hmm. I can only tell them, I can show them the way. You can't always tell somebody you can't jump off the bridge because it's not right. They may just do it. Are you going to be, you know, are you going to take responsibility for that? You can't. At the end of the day, what they do is what they do. But you can try your darnest to help them. You can explain it, but you can't make somebody understand it. Yeah. You know, um, so as an alpha, you got to understand that even though you have a responsibility to others and to yourself, your responsibility goes so far. Your wisdom will continue. You're like, oh, well, you know, could I have helped that person? I don't know. Maybe I, did I say something wrong? Maybe you did. Maybe you said something that wasn't right. Maybe you could have changed that person. But you can't, one, harp on it. Number two, you got to learn from it. Again, you become wise at your decisions on how you deal with things. So is there a responsibility as an, as an alpha? Yeah, 100%. It's a 100% responsibility. Um, socially, alphas have been created to be a certain way as this animal, as a wolf, or like, you know, we're not animals as much as human beings try to put us out to be. We're always considered to be the same as an animal. We're not animals. And we got to get away from that. We got to get away from the idea of the, the, the hierarchy of, of people being like animals. We're not treating each other like that, nor should we. We evolved so long, but yet we're still so far behind. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about race, about, well, I don't like this race, I don't like that race. That's how long, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of years has it been 
that humanity's been on this planet and cannot still to this day agree that there's no such thing as one race anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm an advocate for that. So we got to take the ideas of what a true alpha male is and just to put that person up and say, what am I doing wrong? And for that person to say, well, we're probably not doing anything really truly wrong, but let's look at the perspective of how we look at things in general. So I think by doing that, we now create wisdom, not only for ourselves, but for everybody else, right? Everyone has to go through it. We tell our kids, don't do that because you're going to get hurt. But are they going to do it anyways? Of course they are. So what I tell my kids is, yeah, go ahead, do it. Go do it. You're going to get hurt, but you know what? That's your fault. But if you're smart enough, you might think about it. Even if you do it, you might think that, yeah, I just had that conversation with myself and with my father and my mother, and I realized that maybe it wasn't. We all have to make the mistakes. You can't, har you can't harbor a child. You can't keep them from making mistakes. And we try to mm -hmm. as parents because we did them. We made the mistakes. And now we're trying to eliminate those mistakes. The only thing we need to eliminate in this world is the way we treat each other. Forget about all the other nonsense. We continuously, we, we run rampant on ourselves and continue to utter that to other people. We don't like something about ourselves. In order for me to feel better about myself, I'm going to pin it on somebody else because I don't like them. Not because I don't like them. It's because they're an easy target. All right? I was probably bullied in school because I was an easy target. And we talk about that. Victimization, awareness, the understanding of being more a confident person that people will look at you and say, you're not a victim. I'm not going to touch you. I can visually see who this person is. And once they see that I can see them, they don't want to be anything part of trying to victimize me. Right? So this, the, the moment we stop being bullies in this planet is the day that we start understanding that we're here for greater reasons, that we're here to be greater than what we are. But we're so engulfed in programming that you see on TV. Oh, look what this person did. This person shot up a school because he was bullied. So what you're trying to say is they did that, but it's okay because you allow other people think that it's hate towards that person. Mm -hmm. So are you justifying hate that it's okay to hate this person because they bullied and they shot up the school? Are you justifying the idea that, okay, we cannot be this kind of people in society. Mm -hmm. So why do we have to bully other people in order for this to happen? It's a vicious cycle. We're always part of it. Mm -hmm. So as an alpha, we got to look at it as, I'm going to take the strength I have or the way people look at me as a hierarchy and take this and make it a better society. Not a weak society, but a society that can grow knowing that we're all good with each other. We're going to always have differences. But what we're not taught is our differences it just doesn't mean that we have to hate each other. It just means that we're different and we're, we're accepting of that. Okay. 
that person's Spanish, this person's black. Well, we have to understand that that's okay. But nobody wants to do that. No one wants to take responsibility. Nobody wants to be a true alpha in responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's so many alphas out there. There's so many people that don't want to take the responsibility. People will point the finger to make people feel bad. So they can feel like an alpha. Get the fuck away. <laughs> Amen. Cheers to that. Cheers. Guys, appreciate you. This is probably one of the longest podcasts we've ever done. <laughs> like, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, please share it. Um, your uh, Instagram handle? Yeah, Instagram is Official Modern Day Samurai. And please subscribe to my YouTube, Official Modern Day Samurai. And hashtag Howlerhead on my social media. Cheers. Thanks, guys.